Hello and welcome to the Stoke City Years, a season-by-season review of every Stoke City season ever. We're now moving on to the 1897-98 season and, as usual, a a kind of uh, history lesson in what was happening in the world in 1897. Marconi sends the first wireless message over open sea. Queen Victoria celebrates a diamond jubilee and Bram Stoker's Dracula is first published. Something something about being afraid of crosses, Stoke City or Stoke FC uh, were in first division action and uh, this is a bit of a shit one Tony. Hello Dave, it is a bit. Um, There's a lot going on this season. We mm. first of all have a change of manager. Boo. Yes. So after I've been banging on about how marvellous Bill Rowley is for years, um, of course, in what seems like an instant, he's gone upstairs. Um, but, well, actually, I'm, I'm not quite sure where he's gone because in all the contemporary reports, what we would now call the manager is usually referred to as the managing secretary or club secretary. And he's been mm. like secretary brackets manager close brackets for a couple of seasons while also still playing. And now Horace Austerbury has been wheeled in as secretary brackets manager close brackets and he's made Rowley his secretary brackets question mark close brackets. Right. I, I have no clue. I see. Um, but Wikipedia says he's gone upstairs and he's not the manager anymore. So who am I to argue? Um, What I did find amongst very slim pickings about what was going on here, although there's a lot more next season about him, um, was that he's hung up his gloves for definite. Um, So I've got Ah. this, which is from the end of an article in the Manchester Evening News in October 1897, which is all, all about how the goalkeeper is the only footballer who can make a career of more than a few years because all the outfielders keep getting broken. Although I should mention here as well, the life of a goalkeeper in the 1890s isn't an easy one, um, which Mm. we might touch on in next season's episode as well because there's too much in this one already. But yeah, uh, Manchester Evening News says, Rowley, the ex-international goalkeeper who has been officiating as managing secretary for Stoke for some time, is cutting himself off from football altogether. The Stoke directors have expressed their sense of Rowley's services... When Rowley was at his best and Clare and Underwood were the backs, the Stoke defence was a caution. We have seen them keep their goal intact when their opponents have done practically nothing else but defend during the whole hour and a half. (laughs) So we know he's still working at the club in a secretarial capacity, but probably not managing. So I'd say he's either assistant manager or like director of football or something but I'd take that article to be specifically referring to the fact that he's not playing anymore. Um, actually, we we also have, and try and imagine how I might be using keywords in the archive to search for things here, and also that they never use first names in the newspapers about footballers, especially in the late 1800s. We also have a new player starting to emerge as a bit of a star. His name's Arthur Rowley. Ah. <sighs> He's a right half of decent-ish quality and he gets a mention in lots and lots of match reports over the next couple of seasons, which is mega awkward for me. Um, 
but he also goes on if you like hop into an 1890s time machine to the beginning of the next century to become the first player to ever score a direct free kick which hasn't been invented yet um but Whoa. he does that playing for Vale, so boo oh. um but i only mention yeah. that because i'll forget sure. it when we get to 1903 and i really resent this bloke for making it really time consuming for me to find anything about bill Rowley. um <laughs> but yeah so he has um retired as a player and stepped down as manager it seems so it feels only right to reel off his excellent stats uh, so in his time at stoke he played 140 for stoke in the league and fa cup as we know he probably played as many matches again in other competitions because he was there before the football league um started he signed in 1883 so five years before the Football League was invented. Um, he was originally a forward, and then he decided he fancied being a goalkeeper. He moved to Vale for two years to get his eye in, in net. And hmm. At one point, he actually scored for them, despite being in goal, which is quite nice. Um, nice. And then he engineered a move on dodgy grounds via the courts back to Stoke. And the rest, as we see, is history. He's repeatedly described as very brave, which I guess he had to be then. Um, often injured, sometimes badly, but generally carried on as long as he was conscious. Um, I did laugh at this on the wiki page. Apparently, he was often criticised for his poor distribution skills. He could withstand kicks and brutal charges only to then throw or kick the ball straight to the opposition. So he's, he's the template for a Stoke goalkeeper for the next 122 years. Um... And one of his later acts as manager is the signing of William Maxwell from that Scotland. Um, From mm, Dundee, yeah. Top scorer last season and this season and probably next season as well. Um, Bill Rowley played... 75 in 156 league games for Stoke. I mean, that is not decent. Um, Rowley played twice for England. Both games were against Ireland for some reason and then went on to manage Stoke from 1895 to 1897. And more on what he did next in the next episode. But yeah, lovely Bill. Yes, so so last episode, uh, the 96-97 season, there was a kind of uh, turbulent, turbulent time for Stoke, kind of financial... Uh, Financial problems, uh, a mooted move to the cricket ground that didn't transpire. There was uh, buying a player for some raw iron mm-hmm. gates or selling no, a we, player for a raw, raw iron him. gates. Yes. We had gates. Um, we needed legs. And, yes. And there was a bit of a huge player turnover as well. Mm. And I think it's fair to say this season uh, kind of struggled to gel that team together Uh we now we finished bottom of the league, tied on points with s- four other clubs: uh, Preston, Notts County, Bury, and Blackburn. Um, and so, once again, we're thrown into a test match. Oh, oh no! Sorry, were the test matches related? Yeah, well, we we had yeah. a, a fairly decent run where we stayed unbeaten for five games, but we ended up finishing yeah. level on points. As you say, um, and guess who has the worst goal average and therefore finished bottom? That's us. Um, Yay! There was a uh, yeah. So we beat. Hang on. God, test matches are complicated. I hope nothing happens right. to them. I, I've got, I've got this from t- the Stoke City Encyclopedia. Uh, the bottom five teams in the first division had all finished up with twenty-four mm-hmm. points, but Stoke had the poorest goal average mm-hmm. of them all and took bottom spot. They had to play the top two sides in the second division twice, yes. Burnley and Newcastle. 
and they came through successfully, beating each side once and drawing with Burnley to finish at the top of the playoff group and so retain their status let, in the top let flight. Me... So Burnley and Burnley and Newcastle having uh, soared through their respective division and uh, you know yep. earned earned promotion uh, have come up against us bottom of the first division and uh, come on. So yeah, so we um, we we it, we'd beaten everyone we needed to, and then. It came to the last game, and I'll interrupt you here with something from a Litchfield Mercury on the morning of that game. Yes. Oof. The results of Thursday's test match between Blackburn Rovers and Newcastle United almost throws the Northerners out of the running so far as their chances go of a place in first division next season. It w- Which Northerners? Uh, well, not us. I, I assume Newcastle. Maybe. It will be the easiest thing in the world for the match at Stoke between the Potters and Burnley to end in a draw, a result which, as a (laughs) reference to the table shows, would ensure those two clubs being readmitted to the First Division. And indeed, unless either of them is actuated by a keen desire to help Blackburn Rovers and Newcastle United, there really is no reason why they should play a hard game. However, it is to be hoped that a definite issue may be arrived at, as there can be no question that the Newcastle club has made strenuous efforts to obtain a place among the seniors, and so far as the test matches have gone, have shown the prettiest football. Oh, a day which will live in infamy. To, to carry poor naive Litchfield, <laughs> um, so um, so they, they ha- having got those results against uh, Newcastle and then a two 0 away win at Burnley in this kind of Test match league uh, to decide who stays in the first division next season. It's uh, Stoke uh, finished top of that group and Burnley uh, are second with the same amount of points and the same goal difference. However, as you allude allude to here. It transpired that the final playoff games were to take place on the 30th of April and Stoke and Burnley needed to draw to be in the first division next season. The scoreline finished blank after a farcical 90 minutes during which neither side put in a harsh challenge and at one point a few fans in the crowd held on to the ball and actually played with it themselves (laughs) for a good four minutes much to the chagrin of of the officials and local police. A game so bad that the crowd took the ball off the players. I mean, I'm sure you can all think of uh, your own recent examples of this, but uh, um, I think if this were to happen today, would it be called excellent shithousing? Because it kind of is. I mean, it's not fun for the 15,000 who attended that match. uh, One of our highest gates of the season for for Stoke Burnley. Um, But it kind of exposed the kind of test match system if... Uh, a draw can be played out like that. Both both sides securing first division status at the expense. Absolutely, of Newcastle. Uh, I do have uh, some clippings of the match reports from that game. If you'd like, uh, yes, okay. please. <laughs> Football farce. Yes. <laughs> Although the match only took place on Saturday, several correspondents have written their severe condemnation of the tactics pursued by Burnley and Stoke in the game, which the listlessness of one side aided, added to the indifference of the other helped to gain for both a place in the first division of the league. Uh, duh, 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 duh. Uh, in another column, uh, Mr Harricus thus adds his protest against what looked very much like a preconceived plan of campa- campaign. 
Play had not been in progress many minutes when it was easily perceivable it would only be one result. It was really too palpable. The teams could have done without goalkeepers so anxious were the forwards not to score. And the only desire on the part of both teams was apparently to have a result of no goals each. All this is very unsavoury reading, and while being charitable enough to concede that the miserable conditions were against playing good football, disinterested outsiders must feel that it's a great pity now that Newcastle United didn't win or draw at Blackburn because such result, da da da, yeah, 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 uh, da, da, cheating, da, da, da. all the contesting parties had to do, or rather we should say what they had not to do, was to score goals. This object, all sublime, was duly achieved. Uh, If one side had scored, maybe the other would have responded as a matter of course. This would have stirred up to do some such feat. What? Yeah. This is only a hypothetical view, but colour is lent to it by the goings-on of Saturday, which were transparent, to say the least. We hope our own suspicions are groundless, but we are sorry to say... We are very far from being convinced of the bona fides of this particular match, and occasions of this sort bring to mind that in other branches of sport, non-tries are carpeted, warned us of their future contact, and some, sometimes given their word I can't see because it's really old print. Um, <laughs> in football, the task of picking delinquents is rendered more difficult in proportion to the number of players engaged. Um, the league would still the league would have the perfect right to in, inquire. This isn't the sun, no, it's is not. It? It's the athletic news. Are your favourite and mine? <laughs> subscribe, subscribe. Yeah, for, for um, more. I presume it was really too palpita- palpable. Palpitations. I'm thinking of me. Um, the spectators, however, wanted their money's worth, and such remarks as "play the game," "come off the field," "time," <laughs> "chuck it." And others, which will scarcely bear <laughs> repeating, were hurled at the players. Ooh. The play itself was not worthy of description. And once, when <laughs> when one of the goalkeepers shouted to the backs to let alone a shot which was coming along at a snail's pace, which was then cleared with great gusto, the sarcastic cheering was very pronounced. Oh, we had a shot on target, <laughs> we. Um, there was a round of hooting as the players left the field at the interval, which was renewed as they returned, and as there seemed to be no improvement afterwards, the spectators commenced to leave the field at the interval, which was renewed as they returned. I've just read that bit. Oh, I can't. It's too much to read, but basically, everybody hates Stoke. Yay! <laughs> much like uh, the modern day athletic <laughs> saying a thousand <laughs> yeah. words when they could have used ten. Uh, but uh, uh, oh, yes, oh 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 uh, sorry but, I, I knew I'd left the end on uh, there's a funny on. bit um, once once the fans uh, put the ball on the top of a stand and on another occasion it found its way into the River Trent but the best bit of the day was when one of the linesmen in attempting to prevent the ball from leaving the field of play ran full tilt into a policeman who went beautifully head over heels <laughs> not my words the words of the athletic so yeah but by being absolute bastards we've both stayed up and also invented automatic promotion and relegation which will come in next season to avoid this ever happening again but more importantly a policeman fell over <laughs> yes so, so so we face no kind of consequence for this absolute absolute farce of the of continued success <laughs> yes so um osterbury came in as uh chair or secretary manager uh after Bill Rowley. Um, it, it says here that we were still searching Scotland for quality players and one class performer was recruited from the north of the border. It was Alex Raisbeck, a centre-half from Hibernian. 
Unfortunately, he made just eight appearances for Stoke before leaving the Potteries to join Liverpool. He later gained eight international caps for mm-hmm. his country. Um, although the money situation was still rather tight, there was immediate change on the financial side when a local newspaper launched a shilling fund, starting off with donations of £25 from the paper itself and from the club's directors. The Sentinel. What's this The about? Sentinel yeah. um, started the shilling fund. So, um, 1897... Uh, a group of Stoke supporters who used to meet up in somebody's parlour and coordinate bidding... Yeah, the Shilling Club was a group of Stoke supporters who used to meet up in somebody's parlour and coordinate bidding on each other's eBay auctions. What? <laughs> Shilling. No, OK. Uh, not really. It was a membership uh. scheme um, which was originally organised by the Sentinel who gave Stoke fans the opportunity to, opportunity to invest one shilling, which was then pulled together with 400 shillings from an anonymous benefactor and 500 shillings from the Sentinel themselves to contribute to the running of the football club. Um, the the chairman, J.T. Fenton of Stoke, uh, wrote a nice letter, um, which is quite long and not that interesting, but basically the, the key part of that, of that letter is the bit that says, uh, the Stoke Football Club is the oldest in England, and I'm sure there are thousands ah. of men of this populous district who will stand by it. So, have that, Forest fans. Um, yeah. And also a nice letter from a fan saying, Sir, this is to the paper, allow me to heartily support the appeal for a shilling subscription for Stoke Football Club. Although not having time to attend but very few matches, I have the pleasure of participating in reading of its struggles and its victories. That there is an underlying strength in its formation is clearly manifest by its determination to maintain a place among the foremost teams of England. Let us rally round the old club and shout as of your play up good old Stoke. Herewith enclosed subscription one shilling. Ah. So that's nice. And and play mm, up good what old better Stoke. way to repay the loyalty of the fans than to be hugely shit. <laughs> um yes. Patreon.com slash wizards of drivel. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um between matches 7 and 15, we get one point from uh, nine games. Uh, home to West Brom, classic, classic West Brom, just still not good enough to be us. Uh, yeah, and it's only um, kind of a late run at the end of the season where we win win our last game, uh, home to Everton, and uh, don't lose any of our last five. That means we kind of keep, you know, uh, keep pace with the rest of the uh, bottom sides in the league. In the cup, uh, we beat Berry in the first round and lose a replay five on at Everton. Um, so yeah, uh, a thoroughly disappointing campaign that uh, ends with Stoke staying up via farce, uh, via a kind of contrived nil-nil uh, draw, and we're also playing in sort of a sort of a mulberry coloured number I think this was a new change that's a perfect season. word for it I was uh, dr- struggling over sort of deep cherry it's like halfway between pillar box mm. red and claret yes it's the cherry coke label yeah absolutely I, say, if you I don't know how that. we know that I mean I trust historicalkits.co.uk but I'd, I'd, yeah. I'd, I'd love to know how we know what colours what colours they all were because yeah. all, all the photos Bizarre. that you find are black and white <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Uh, there must have been so many kit clashes. Oh, you're 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 in grey as well. Oh. So you dark grey this week. I know we've days. brought the dark grey as well. Shit. <laughs> okay. Um, is that everything we've got for 
that was quite a busy season, mm. uh, notable for a couple of major incidents. Is there anything else on this season before we? Yeah, uh, there's, press there's on? a lot going on. Um, we've avoided the football as much as possible. Oh, uh, goal average. Uh, it feels like years ago, but it might have been last episode or the episode before. You asked me why goal average is less good than goal difference, and I said, oh, I don't know. Um, so I did look it up. Um, Basically, it works the same because it's effectively a ratio mm. of goals for and against. I don't want to get too statsy. <laughs> um, yeah. But because... It's just easier to work Because maths, out. if the two teams had the same goal difference, the team who've got the fewest goals will actually be ahead on goal average. So if uh. you scored like 54 and conceded 50 and another team have scored uh, 50 and conceded... 46 say then the team who scored 54 would be on 1.08 goal average and the team who've only scored 50 would be above them on 1.087 so yeah Mm. maths so that's why goal difference is better than goal average ah very good end on a high (laughs) end on a high absolutely so that was the uh, 1897 to 98 Stoke FC season the chairman was Mr. Jay Fenton, the manager, such as it was, was Horace Osterbury. Uh, played at the Victoria Ground, finished 16th, a.k.a. bottom of the Football League First Division on 24 points. FA Cup get, got to the second round, but of course we we won, question mark, sort of, the all-important Test Match series. Uh, our top goal scorer in all competitions was William Maxwell with 12. Highest home attendance was 15,000 against Berry. In December 1897, our lowest home attendance was 2,000 against Nottingham Forest mm. in up in November. Our, our average home attendance was 7,350. Thank you very much for listening. And we will move ahead next episode to the 1898-99 season. This century is nearly finished.